delivery in all cases is always, 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 always more important than the content. The content is secondary because you can have great content and shitty delivery and it will never work. But you can have half-assed content and phenomenal delivery and nine times out of 10, that will work. That's why salespeople get away with half the bullshit that they get away with. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm speaking with the man responsible for turning me into the badass speaker that I am, Brett Lavender. Through his company, The Persuasive Lion, Brett trains thought leaders, business owners, and everyday people on how to become a persuasive and effective leader through communication. He's been tapped to speak for huge companies such as Google, keynote at highly secretive and selective retreats for the top executives in the world, and trained thought leaders such as Mari Smith and yours truly. But what's truly remarkable, which you'll hear about in this episode, is that he's had all of these opportunities thrown at him without building his business much at all, much to my chagrin, but just goes to show what a powerful speaker and trainer he really is. In this conversation, we cover topics such as how the melody of your voice communicates your message way more than the words themselves, what it looks like to break bad speaking habits, and how frustrating it can be, which is something I can speak about from personal experience, and the terrible habit most people have, including you, of speaking in the form of questions. Listening to this episode alone will probably make you a better speaker. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, Brett. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pia. You look beautiful as usual. Thanks. (laughs) You too. Yeah, right. (laughs) If the audience could see me right now, they would definitely, definitely disagree. Just get a buzzer. Nobody's seeing me. Look at this craziness. So, Brett. (laughs) Yes. So, Brett. Talk to me. Uh, you have been a very influential person in my life because you mm-hmm. made me the Likewise. the speaker that I am today. So I want to thank you for that. I take a I, I I take enormous pride in that comment, to be honest with you, because I have listened to your audiobook and I have watched you speak in front of people, and I think you are amazing. And if I have if I have anything to do with that, then I take a, an enormous amount of pride in that comment. So thank you. Oh. Well, thank you, because that means I did well. I had your voice in my head the whole time. (laughs) The whole time I was recording that audiobook, I heard your voice. So (laughs) it worked out well. Well, I have changed quite a bit as a speaker and as a presenter since we met, because, I mean, let's take it back, Brett. It was so serendipitous Mm -hmm. how we met. It was. (laughs) <laughs> I, think everything, I think everything is. So I ended up going to a random meeting at the National Speakers Association. And I met Karen Jacobson, who was the president. And we started talking. And she randomly sent me an invite that she wasn't going to use to the, that seminar. Uh-huh. How to market your business with a book, with and, a book a speech, and a speech with, with Henry DeVries and Mark LeBlanc. And it was this tiny little seminar, 20 people, maybe 15, 15, 20 people. And 
I sat there and I watched them do their spiel. And then randomly you stood up and made your 30 second pitch about what a badass you are. And we ended up connecting and the rest was history because one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And how many years ago was that? 2013? <sighs> maybe earlier? No, maybe. No, it had to be. 2014. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2014. Right, right. right. May 2014. Okay, that's not what happened at all. What? <laughs> that's not what happened at all. I, I went to this seminar. They gave like one or two people a chance to come up to the front of the room and give their the feel. Story, but okay. Go ahead. I get it. You're right. You're right. That's not the and way. And I happened. said badass brands. However, I said it. No, and you yeah, said and I was very said, nervous. You, uh, if if we really want to go at it, what you said was I'm Pia Silva. Okay. And I I I make badass Okay. Pants, and you that's were terrible. Tiny. Who is that? That's a horrible impression. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and then at the end of the seminar, you came up to me because I had told, I had said in front of people that I teach speakers and I teach communicators and blah, blah, blah. And you said, you asked me something about, did I have any, any kind of feedback for you? And I said, well, you know, you claim to create badass brands, but your delivery was anything but badass if anything you were the non you were not badass and we decided to have a meeting in Bryant Park yep was it Bryant Park yeah it was Bryant Park and I said I think wait hold on by the way I, I remember that differently I remember you coming up to me no you're crazy <laughs> I remember you coming no, up to you me. You have selected memory. I, I obviously, we will never know. I wish we could you go watch the video, watch the replay. And you said, I, Is there just, any feedback you have for me about my delivery? When you came up to me, I remember, you know what's so crazy that okay, you're Okay, I'll believe you. Because I remember it specifically. I was in the back of the room <clears throat> and you walked up to me and you said, Do you have any feedback for me based Well, that's on pretty badass of me, isn't it? Ish. <laughs> in a I room mean, full of 15 people i don't really can what, i also remember there being a lot more people in the room but okay <laughs> <laughs> I was, no. it was God, like memory is so crazy yeah, exactly well, regardless you were very old. nice but you made the point and it was duly noted and i agreed with you and we decided to we it was right around the corner from bryant park we went i think it was like lunch break yep. like well let's go to bryant park and have our lunch and talk about this well no it wasn't that day we we met after that. I'm not going to argue about every little detail, I'm but I'm positive right it was right after. I, I don't go I, to Bryant we, Park. We were right there. I think we walked right after the seminar. Oh, it was like, well, let's go sit in Bryant Park for a minute. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but okay, whatever. That's okay. Fine. So we're sitting in Bryant Park. It's a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. It's full of people. And I said, I need your help because I do not have my ducks in a row for what I do. And I can help you. And let's decide, let's agree to just barter each other's services. And that's what we decided to do. Well, all I remember that you said it really stuck with me because I, I said, well, how can you help me? Like, what, what do you think you can do for me? And you said something like, here's what I know. If I stood up right now 
And I had oh, a microphone. I remember that. I remember if that. I right. stood up in Bryant Bryant Park, full of people. I mean, there must have been a thousand people there. It's a crowded, beautiful day. If I stood up right now in I don't know what you said, 60 seconds, 10 seconds. Within right. the next 60 seconds, I could get every single person, I could get every single person in this park all, up on their like feet. That. I don't sound like that. Up on their feet and <laughs> clapping, clapping with me in 60 seconds. Yeah. That is powerful. And yep. I can get you to do that. And I, oh, that was so powerful that you said that because. I love that I you said, reminded oh. me of that because I have to reuse that line. That's great. That's a great yeah. line. And it's true. Especially yeah. now, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Right now, what a powerful line that would be, right? It just, it's a much better way of saying command the attention of a room. It, it's about that influence and that power. And so that obviously stuck with me. And I said, yes, I want that. I want to be able to do that. And at the time, I was already so over bartering <laughs> because I had bartered so many with so many people, or I, not so many people, I had bartered with a few people and right. it never worked out in my favor. I mean, it right. just always ended up where Steve and I were like, wow, we gave so much and we just did not get yeah, what we were promised. Return, right? Yeah. And sometimes literally nothing, but this was different because we made an agreement and this is, I've only bartered like one or two times since then. And I've always done it this way and it's always worked out great. And ours did too. We said, well, we'll just always be paid up. So you and I will meet for four hours at a time and we'll spend two hours on working on your stuff and two hours working on our stuff on my stuff yep. and that's what we did and we did it for a really long time you great. And it was it worked great. great yeah i mean you got me to where i am today well let's let's talk about that because you were totally resistant well, i couldn't have been that resistant i i walked up to you and asked you for help no i'm saying once we started working and i told you that oh. it's not going to be easy this is not going to be fun this is going to be troublesome this is going to be oh yeah no it was hard. your mind right and there hard. were plenty of times where we got into arguments where like brett you're repeating yourself i understand i get it but it didn't it, it didn't resonate and i mean you like i wish that what i could have done was record Every single session, I have a lot of them on audio, but I wish we could have done like a reality show, <laughs> literally with a camera, because watching your transition from point A to point Z yeah. is, is insane. You're, you're, not even, you're not even remotely close to, you. well, I shouldn't say now. Then, once you got past what we needed that to get you to. big hurdle, yeah. Right. You, you weren't even close to the same communicator that you are yeah i know i i I agree it was very frustrating wait so let's just let's just share what this process looked like so i would you'd say okay you'd have me read a book you just take a book off the shelf and have me read it or you would say okay do you have like a speech can you give me the first couple lines of your speech and i would say what felt like two words and you'd say stop (laughs) (laughs) do it again do this (laughs) Do that, do that. And then I would say, uh, I barely said anything. Like, just do it again. Oh, before I even said it a word. Stop. Right, right. Look this way. Do this. Stop moving. <laughs> right. And you would do that for two hours. And by mm-hmm. the end, I wanted to bring your. I neck. know, but because most people don't realize that speaking is an art form, just like painting or dancing or being an athlete, there are so many 
skills that are involved in communicating effectively. Whether you're doing it professionally or whether you're doing it just as a person to your your family or your friends or your kids or your siblings, understanding how this machine works that we are in control of is a really complex system. And it's the only thing that we control. And so I have come up with this discipline of understanding what makes other mammals. And it really is just mammals. It's based on instinct and understanding humanity and what makes them tick, what makes them respond. And when I would say things to you and I would say, look, it's, it's a very finite set of skills. I think one of the examples I gave you, and I use this all the time, is if I asked you to sing Mary Had a Little Lamb, mm-hmm. there's one melody. Everybody knows the melody to Mary Had a Little Lamb. Now, can you go off the melody and do runs and, and make it like your own? Yes. But at the end of the day, there's still a very specific melody to, to singing Mary Had a Little Lamb. And most people, if you apply that to speaking, have no idea of the melody of Mary Had a Little Lamb. They just don't get it. Why? Not because they're stupid, because they've never been taught that. Because this is not something that, unfortunately, people are taught. Mm. I don't know why, but it just isn't. And I would say to you, you're saying that melody, you're speaking that melody improperly. If you well, want, give us an people, example. Well, I mean, give us the, ex- talk, give us the about, example, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well, do that again. Give little, us, you can't do a little dance. <laughs> give us the example. All right. So, so, so my primary. <laughs> example is let's eat grandpa, right? Here's the way this works. When you say a certain thing, the first thing that comes up is what are you thinking in your brain? What's the concept that you want to deliver in your brain when you say something? And so then your brain says, these are the words I want to use to say that thing. And then it's, how do I say it? Okay. So for example, if I want to have lunch with my grandpa, I'm going to go, let's eat, Grandpa, right? Now, that means to any normal human that has an understanding of uh, language, they understand. Let's eat, Grandpa. Nobody on the planet that understands English would not understand. That means, come on, Grandpa, let's go eat. But what they don't realize is when I say that, there's a certain physiology attached just saying those words. Let's eat, Grandpa, right? There's, there's a raise in my eyebrows. There, there's a smile on my face. There's a change in my entire physiological delivery when I say, let's eat, Grandpa, and it's all connected to a thought. Then I think a different thought. I can say the same three words, and I go, Let's eat grandpa. Now, let's talk about how that shifts. Number one, I'm not talking to grandpa anymore, am I? I didn't, I didn't change anything other than the, the melody of those three words. But I'm no longer talking to grandpa. When I say, let's eat grandpa, I'm talking to grandpa. When I go, let's eat grandpa, I'm talking to everybody but grandpa. I'm also thinking a different thought because that doesn't mean let me go eat with my grandpa. That means let me eat 
my grandpa. But the thing that also shifts is everything about my physiological delivery of that of those three words. My eyes change, my body language changes, my face changes, and those are things that we actually have a very hard time controlling. I couldn't say, let's eat grandpa, the same way that I say, let's eat grandpa physically. It just doesn't work. You can't do that. Mm. So your brain is controlling everything. But the only thing that you're controlling is the thought, the initial thought. So the first thought was, I want to go eat with my grandpa. And the second thought was, I want to eat my grandpa. So the only thing that I can use to control my facial expressions, my eye contact, my body language, and the delivery of that message is what? The initial thought. This is what FBI investigations are based on. This is what detectives use when they are investigating a murder, when they talk to people. There's no way of faking this. You have to control your thought. If you control your thought, then you control your physiology. Well, so hold on a second, because back up, because I what I love about this this example is that it's a very obvious example. There's two meanings to two different two different ways of saying the same exact sentence. Right. So so it's a great example to me, at least, of how the melody can completely change the meaning. Right. But when you're coaching me, when you're watching people giving a speech and commenting on the melody of their voice, it's not it's 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 about sentences that are more subtle and you are coaching the change of the melody that might that could go a couple (laughs) different ways and kind of mean the same thing. And the reason that you were telling me, look, this would be much more powerful if this the melody went like this is because you want it to land in a certain way. And that I didn't, I don't know, I didn't experience that as you need to just think differently about what you're saying. You did talk a lot about how I needed to come into it with a certain kind of authority and thought pattern so that I could deliver it powerfully. But the details of that melody came much came down to you could do it a couple different ways. And this would be the most powerful way because of what you understand about human nature and responding to the melody. Right, right. Well, at the end of the day, the reason I understand it is because as humans, we think we're so superior, but we're really not superior. Okay. At the end of the day, we respond instinctively to the same things that animals in the jungle respond to. The only difference is we have spoken language. And so it would only make sense that there's a certain way of communicating a language that's going to create a response in one way or another. And so, for example, you and I have debated about, well, we don't debate about it now, but when we, when we were training – it drove you crazy. What drove you the most crazy? The upturn. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that because it's not it's not a joke. It's, well, it obviously drove it, me it, crazy. It, right. It drove you crazy. And you would say to me, Brett, I get it. You've said this to me a million times. Can we move on to the next thing? And I would say to you, what? No. Because until you get this, we can't move, we can't go to point three until we get. Okay, so so explain it because I I guess actually now that you're saying it like this, the upturn is a subcategory of the melody. Right. Well, right. Exactly. Right. It's, it, right. It's it's, it's peripheral, but it's 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 part of the same category. So, okay. for example, 
when we listen to people's outgoing voicemail message on their phone, or when I did your first seminar and I, and I called that girl out for sounding like she was a, a valley girl, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a better example. So I say, she's my guest next week. Oh, is she really? <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know when she, I don't know when her episode's coming, so I won't oh, say who it that's, is, but that's she's amazing. Cause she's so, a badass. So I, w- I will be in a seminar and I'll say, okay, I'd like somebody to stand up and say, and tell me, what is your name? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? Why are you here? And they would go, hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm a lawyer and I work for such and such and such law firm and I'm in corporate law. I'm here because I want to learn so much more about how to be a better speaker. If I may, it's also, hi, I'm David. I live in Milwaukee. Like it's right, not exactly. it's not just so, women. So, no, no, I wasn't. I yeah, was yeah, yeah. Not no, I know, but it's the valley girl thing all. makes it seem like right. it's a female I, I was, thing, but it's embe- actually just people being uncomfortable. I was embellishing, but I agree. I know, I know. I think, I I think know. it's a, a I think it comes down to a lack of of comfortability, but I also mm-hmm. think it's just the way most people have been conditioned to speak, which is why I'm so frustrated that this kind of stuff is not taught in elementary school and junior high school and high Mm -hmm. school and college. Why does nobody explain to society that there's a better way of communicating in terms of just specifically the melody, forgetting about eloquent speaking, forgetting about facial expressions, forgetting about using your eye contact properly and your hand gestures. There's so many effects that go into this. But even just this simplistic thing, the downturn is so effective. The downturn is so important. So when I, when I, the, the best example I give people is people's outgoing voicemail messages. You, you call a person and they go, hi, this is Pia. And I can't get to my phone right now, but if mm-hmm. you'll please leave your name and number at the sound of the tone, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. So what I, what I explain when I, when I teach my seminars is that every single phrase in that sentence except for the last one, was positioned as a question. Why? Because, now did you hear me say why? What did I ha- wh- where did I go when I said why? Why? Because why mm-hmm. was a question. Mm-hmm. So when I say to you, what's your name? My name is Pia. Are you sure? Because that sounded like you were asking me if your name was Pia. The answer is my name is Pia. And so if I, if I had to get like, specific about this from the time we're children and this is primordial from the time in historically when anybody wants to make a demand a statement or a request they say it on the downturn meaning pia take the garbage out mm-hmm. what are you going to say as a child yeah 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 whatever whatever pia take the garbage out yeah pia take the garbage out even if you don't say the next word, it still means the same thing. Now, right? When you're in front of a police officer or a school teacher or a principal or a judge or anyone in the position of authority, when they want you to respond to them unequivocally, when, they, when they're making a demand, a command, or a statement or a request, it's always said on the downturn. 
Yet for some reason, and I don't know if this is just our society because I don't speak foreign languages, so I don't know how it works in French or Spanish or whatever. But in English, most people, most people, and I know you've said this to me. Before, I have a theory. Yeah. Well, you've told me in the past that I ruined people people for you <laughs> because it drives you crazy because now when you listen to people I can't unlisten to it it drives me nuts and most people do not speak on the downturn right when a police officer wants you to do something he says put your hands on the hood now dot 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 do this right now and when you say hey sir Put your hands on the hood. It just doesn't have the same impact. And the reason I know is because I've taught literally thousands of people to do this. And they come back to me every time and go, that's magic. Mm -hmm. That's magic. That's psychological magic. But it's not a trick and it's not ma manipulation. It's just understanding the way the human mind reacts to a certain melody. It's funny when you say that phrase actually with the cop. And this shows something about who, who I am. Oh, you just did the up light the skin. Way, Great. This is not a coaching session. It shows who <laughs> it I am. It can be. Light skinned white uh, female. Can you put can you can you put your hands on the hood, please, ma'am? Like I do hear a cop voice in a question type of scenario. Because well, it's funny you right? use the word please because you can or, say right. please and it still doesn't have to be a question. You could say, sir. Please put your hands on the vehicle now. No, but I mean that I can hear a cop's voice. License and registration. I guess it's all. I guess what am yeah, I? I'm just saying. These look, are questions. Look, no, no, no. But actually, so wait. So can I ask you my theory? Because yeah, I need. Sure. Because I have become so aware of this because of your incessant <laughs> coaching on the topic. I have noticed that there are that most people speak on the upturn and right. some people don't. And when I notice the people that don't, the people I can, I, I remember seeing off the top of my head, just like an, uh, I don't know, some man in authority. I mean, that's the first person that comes to mind, right. like some older well, man. I can't imagine that. I'm just saying, I'm picturing like some older man who is just naturally seems to be naturally speaking on the downturn. I can't imagine that person actually speaking on the upturn. And right. I'm, and I'm not, and I don't necessarily think that they had training. My question to you is because you said, I don't know why we don't know this or teachers or why do people, why is that in the vernacular or the, why is that, why is that how our society has evolved? Right. I wonder if it has to do with kind of just an inherent way of, raising people in this society to be unsure of themselves. So, so it's interesting you said that because I don't think that it's an inherent lack of confidence. I think it goes deeper in the, in the sense that I don't think people even understand that the upturn signifies a certain reaction versus the downturn. I don't think they pay attention. I think it's a lack of knowledge not a lack of confidence because i think if people assumed or understood that speaking that way gave people the impression that you were either unclear lacking confidence or you were asking a question i don't think they would say it that way they've just never been taught 
And what happens is when you hear, if you think about it, you said it yourself, most people, most people, for whatever reason, speak on the upturn. And it's weird to me because most people should speak on the downturn. You mean should? Well, I'm going to say should if they want if they want most when you when you make a statement, when you make a request, when you make a demand, especially as a parent, for example, you're looking for a specific outcome. So if you were looking for that outcome and you understood that speaking in a certain melody at this time right now, I need you to do this right now. They wouldn't speak on the upturn. So I don't think it's based on a lack of confidence. I, I think it's a lack of understanding. Well, okay, how about this? I would imagine that people do speak on the downturn when they're saying something as dramatic and clear as, I need you to do this right now. Well, wait, wait, I don't think wait, wait, wait. Are... I, I have an answer for you. Okay. It's when they're angry. Right. Okay. Fine. And you're talking about on a voicemail. I'm talking on a voicemail. I'm talking when I, when I speak to an audience and I say things in that downturn, even if if it could have been positioned as a question. So when I, when I speak and I go, all right, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, now I could say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, We'd like to ask you all to please rise, if you will. But instead, what I say is, all right, ladies and gentlemen, at this time. Now, the words I'm saying are at this time, but what am I saying psychologically? Listen up. No, I'm saying at this time, (laughs) right now. Okay, and then that also would bleed into using your voice the right way, because if you think about it, your voice is completely different than when we started working. When I heard your audio book, it was like listening to a listen, if you want me to put it out there, I can. I have audio recordings of you from when we first started. And then I listened to your audio book. And you're a completely different person. And when I, when, I mean, we can, we can talk about melody, but we can also talk about the tone of your voice. When you listen to something that's pleasing to the ear, it's that much easier to respond to because it's pleasing to your ear. Mm-hmm. And so we adapted your voice. We changed that muscle. We, we helped you create a better quality sound. So when you add that in with eloquent speaking, saying the right words and using the right melody, you almost have an unfair advantage over people in terms of getting them to respond to you. Now, can that be manipulative? Yeah, but that's not what I do. I'm just teaching people how to more effectively communicate with others so that they get the response that they want from their target audience, whether that's your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, kids, siblings, parents, employees, employers, it doesn't matter. This this machine is designed to allow the brain to utilize it in the most effective way. And unfortunately, because we don't have a, uh, a roadmap to that, we don't know what we're doing. I, fortunately, through my harsh experiences, have had to learn that 
by way of necessity. And so I figured it out. And now I know how to tell people this is the way I did it. And this is the way you should do it if you want to get people to respond to you. Not adhere to your will. That's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. And it can be dark and it can be manipulative, but that's not the way, that's not what this is about, at least not what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I'm about getting people to react to you based on your initial intention. And so it really comes down to understanding the brain and understanding that the brain is controlling this drone. And that's all this is. This is a drone. And so, yeah. Well, so, I mean, obviously I was taken with this whole idea because I think what you really made me see, especially in working together, but even from when we first spoke, is that I was concentrating on the content exclusively. Mm -hmm. And I was very concerned with the words I was going to say in my speeches Mm-hmm. Because I thought that was how I was going to get my message across. And you made me see, and I've seen you do this too, that what I'm saying is such a small percentage of what they're going to get. What they're going to get so much more out of my presence, how I say it, the energy and the way that I present it. The message is going to be so, so, is going so, to so, through that. So, so cutting to the chase, what I always say, the delivery is more important than the content every single time. You know what's interesting? You you and Steve said, well, you said something to me on behalf of you and Steve after I did your first seminar in your office. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. I, I bounce around a lot when I teach, right? I don't have a, uh-huh. a, I, I don't have a, a, a program. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too, yep. And you said to me that you and Steve spoke to each other after my little whatever, however long it was. And you said, what's interesting? You bounce all over the place. You say whatever you want to say. And nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with what you're saying. It's just because you're so compelling when you speak that people will listen to whatever you say. It doesn't matter what you're saying. It just matters the fact that people are compelled to listen to you. Right. So think about this. If you can combine fantastic delivery, which is what I know I I have. And listen, I just consider myself lucky. I, I, I fell into a situation where I had no choice but to develop effective delivery. And then I start talking about stuff and you're like, it does it really doesn't even matter what you're saying. People just want to listen to you because you're so compelling when you deliver. And so it's, it's conversations like that that led me to believe that delivery in all cases is always, 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 always more important than the content. The content is secondary because you can have great content and shitty delivery and it will never work. But you can have half-assed content and phenomenal delivery and nine times out of ten that will work. That's why salespeople get away with half the bullshit that they get away with Mm. because their delivery is delivering content that is bullshit but they were so good at how they delivered it to you that you bought into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this that- was, 
this was a, a paradigm shifter for me because it made me realize, first of all, doing this work with you and realizing how much control I had over or how much I could practice mm-hmm. and change the way that I delivered and how that would impact how I would communicate. It felt like I was floating above society. <laughs> like I knew something that mm-hmm. other people didn't. You had a and trick. You had a gimmick. I had a trick. Yeah. I had a trick. You had a thing. Yeah. No, well, it was more just, I had a, I had like a secret weapon in my tool belt that mm-hmm. other people didn't know. And didn't have. And the other thing that I didn't realize until we started working together, and I am, I very, I speak out a lot about the fact that I had a speaking coach because I want people to know it. Because until I worked with you, I did not, I did not know, or I never really thought about it, that these public speakers who are so eloquent and powerful on stage worked on it. <laughs> like that they were working on the performance. I thought that they had like an inherent ability no, that no. I didn't have. And then when I worked with them, I said, oh, wow, they could have been shit in the beginning. This right. is a learned skill. And that was powerful too, because I said, oh my gosh, I'm and even now I'm not half the speaker I want to be in the future. I mean, there's so far oh, to go well, and that's well, exciting. Well. And that gave me a lot of power because it meant that I could work on it too. And I could become whatever level of amazing speaker that I wanted to be. Because this is a learned skill. Well, it is. But then I look at myself and I go, I didn't learn this from anybody. I just kind of developed it on my own. And maybe that makes me a little unique in the space. But the the, the point Yeah, is- but you have been using this skill and practicing it for decades. That mm-hmm. means it's a, it, you learned it. You weren't as good then as you are now, right? Well, no. What I did was I, I – it's, it's weird the way I came up. So I ended up losing – my entire family at a a very early age. And I had, and I fell into this event business and then I got thrown into a situation where the guy that I was working for just said, Hey, you know what my training was? Go be very entertaining. That was legit. My training (laughs) to get in front of a crowd. I was working for an event company for maybe three months. I was 19 years old. I had just lost my mom. I didn't have my dad. I didn't have anybody. And I went to work for this DJ company. And three months after working for this guy, I ended up getting thrown into a situation where I had to go on the microphone in front of a random crowd and run an event. And he said, I said, well, I don't really know what to say. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do. And his training to me was be very entertaining. (laughs) That's the training that I got. And I got to be honest with you, that was actually not bad training. Because that's really what this whole concept of communicating with people is about. People are inclined to respond to you when they're entertained. Right. So Mm. what does entertaining mean? Right. When you have your facial expressions, right. When you Mm -hmm. have good, we, we haven't even talked about eye contact. Every single aspect of what we deliver to other humans is based on all of these different facilities, right? It's, it starts with your thought. 
and then it conveys to your mouth and the words that you use and the words that you choose. And by the way, those are very important too. Even though I say that the delivery is way more important than the content, you still also have to come off intelligent, funny, right? You have to, you have to have those gifts and those can be learned skills. There's no question about it. I teach all of those things, but then there's eye contact. Now, it's interesting because right now eye contact it's a sketchy thing because right now you and I we're talking on this platform we're communicating we're interacting and we are actually connecting but we are not making eye contact no it's impossible online right well it, right and what's weird is we, it, it could be possible online at some point when they create the ability to look directly at the screen mm-hmm. or I'm looking at you and you're looking at me right now, we don't have that technology. Okay. So, so for right now, eye contact is, is becoming a lost leader because at the end of the day, when people go out in public, especially right now with masks on and sunglasses on, nobody's looking at anybody. I'm watching it happen in real time. And, Unfortunately, because of the the world we live in right now, eye contact is becoming a lost skill. And it's already been a lost skill, to be honest with you. It's it's in fact, it's funny because I talk about melody, I talk about eloquent speaking, I talk about facial expressions, I talk about thought. However, eye contact is bar none the most important skill that I talk about. The eyes are the window to the soul. It's so interesting when I teach people about eye contact and I talk about what the eyes do. Think about just, I mean, I don't want to get too deep on this, but think about what it is that our eyes actually do. It's the first expression. It's the first connection that we make with anybody when we look them directly in their eyes and you can tell so much like, right? Like even with masks on, right? And this is interesting because now I've been thinking about this with now that we all are wearing these fucking stupid masks, right? Right here. If Mm -hmm. I'm smiling, even if you can't see my, my mouth or my nose, you can tell that I'm smiling, right? They say that you can hear a smile over the phone. Most humans on the planet, again, let's talk about the downturn. Let's talk about eye contact. Most humans are very uncomfortable making direct eye contact with another person, especially someone that they don't know, for more than 3.2 seconds. They have to look away. So when I train a group, I do an eye contact. Well, I do several. But one, one of the eye contact exercises that I do is I get a people to sit in a circle. And I say, okay, this is not a staring contest. This is the let me look into your soul contest and see what comes up for you. So what I do is I have, let's, let's call it 10 people. And I'll have them close their eyes in a circle and say, I want you to, when you open your eyes, find somebody in the circle and just look at them. It's not stare at them. It's look at them, right? 
And then I'll place a timer on it. And I'll go, I want to know what comes up. What are you thinking about? Because at the end of the day, the, the one thing that we cannot control is what our brain thinks when we look at something. That's something we cannot control, right? So I have people look at each other and they're going, what is that person thinking of me? What am I thinking of them? Am I listening to the sounds in the room? Like there's a hundred million infinite things that you can experience when you are forced to look at somebody, straighten their eyes and just have an honest conversation with yourself. And so right now, I think it's the most important conversation to have because we're losing an opportunity right now. to look people in their eyes. I hate it. Like when I, when, when I go out in public, I always look people in their eyes. If I'm in the elevator, I have little kids looking at me and I know it's because I'm in tune with this. And I have their parents go, I don't understand what's going on right now. My kid never does this. And they stare at me <laughs> because I know how to make Real, genuine, connected eye contact. And you know what, Pia? We're losing that. We're losing that right now. I, I'm very aware of the eye contact again because of all of the work that we've done. And I try, I am consciously trying to make eye contact with people. Especially a good example is when you're buying things, checking out. Anywhere. Right? And, and every, but so few people do it. Sometimes it's hard to get the eye contact because they're can not I, even. Can I, can I add to that? Yeah. So if you can generate eye contact, right? Like if you're at a store, even if you have a mask on, just do something to engage yeah. somebody else to look at you. I can tell you right now, I never, ever go to the supermarket and check out without making a connection with the person that's checking me out. Never, ever. I go, hey, how's your day going? Hey, listen, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. I really want to let you know that I appreciate you and respect you. And they look me in my eyes. I never, uh, listen, one thing I can tell you about me is that I practice what I preach. I do not walk outside ever without making eye contact. And what's fucking with my brain right now is the fact that we're all wearing masks and that we all might have to wear masks for a very long time. And that means we're gonna have to reinvent how to communicate with others on a personal level. Otherwise, we are robots. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're androids. And I'm not about that life. When, when we didn't have to worry about masks, I was still about making eye contact with people. Eye contact is hands down 100% the most important, valuable skill that I teach. And unfortunately, because we are weird humans mm -hmm. and we don't understand other types of people, we're not comfortable with directly 
engaging another human that we don't know in their eyes. Hmm. And then, and then what happens is we're separated. And right now, because of all of this, we're fucked and we are losing our humanity. Like if we allow this process to continue to separate and segregate ourselves as humans, as humans, we're the only species of life on this planet that are going through this. We're the only ones. Tigers don't have a problem communicating with tigers. Giraffes don't have a problem communicating with giraffes right now. And they never have. We have always had a problem communicating with other humans that are different from us. But if we lose this now, we're fucked. That's like a perfect ending, except that it's super dark. And actually, you said this before we even started recording, how important it is to not focus on the negative. And I don't think that means that we ignore the negative. I think it's very important to talk about and see the the truly horrific things that happen in our world. And there's lots of opportunity there oh, no, Peter, for all of us. Let me tell you something. If I had a platform. You have a platform. You're on my podcast right now. <laughs> say it, Brett. Say what you got to say right I'm, now. Listen, if I had a, a soapbox to stand on and talk about this in front of people, I would. But I don't. Brett, you got to just start talking. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because I think that's a message that I want everybody to hear. You can't wait till you have the soapbox. You got to start talking about whatever it is that lights you up and that you want to contribute. You want to teach people to do whether it is political or business oriented or all helping things. people all of it or all of it you have to start you can't wait you have to start by creating that message and telling it to the world and people will come and they will find you and they will listen if <laughs> you say it powerfully and you do say everything powerfully <laughs> well then what are you waiting for i don't know Pierre. the soapbox is an excuse you gotta get off that you got it time to tell it and i've only been telling you this for six years now <laughs> i've only been yeah, listen listen i'm great at what i'm great at you're you great, at great what at. you're great at yeah I so mean, i'm i'm not great at what you're great at i wish i was yeah you're like you're like this i'm the, the dumbest smartest guy you know <laughs> you're the the secret weapon in the shelf i mean here's the thing you've had all these amazing opportunities speaking at very high profile events, speaking on Google's stage, speaking in front of a thousand people. And let's just be honest, you haven't done anything. Well, part of part of it is that I have unofficially diagnosed you with ADD because you have so many, you, you share so oh, many yeah. characteristics oh, with my ADD husband. You don't have to unofficially diagnose that. ADD, no, I know. OCD, ADHD, like but, crazy town. But man, like wouldn't I I can imagine how difficult it would be for, as a for a creative ADD person to be able to do all the things that and it takes I'm to put a business myself, together. And I have no family and I have no like I have no, I, have, I I it's me. It's just me. It's just me. 
every day I wake up, it's just me. So try to be your so, own psychologist. Try that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I keep suggesting you talk to certain people. Every single time I've ever spoken to anybody that is either a psychologist, psychiatrist, a coach, I end up coaching them. Brett, it that never works. That, but that's not because of them. That's because of you. Hundred percent. Brett, do you think I'm smart? I know you're smart. Okay. I have worked with a dozen coaches and I have gotten gold out of all of them. Explain that. <laughs> I have no explanation. Good point. Good point. Good point. I get it. I get coaches it. Coaches are not there to know more than you. They're there to ask you the right and the tough questions to get you to figure it out yourself. Right, really I'm good so... coaches don't answer anything. They I'm just not, really not show trying. you the mirror. I, 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 I want to say this to you. Say it. That's nothing to do with our podcast. Fine. Everything they say to me, I'm like, I already would have said that to me. Whatever you just said, not you. I'm saying Brett, them. Brett, I would have already said that. But Brett, I pay people to tell me things I already know because just because they tell me doesn't mean I'm doing it. Doesn't mean I'm listening. Doesn't mean I'm stepping up and whatever. I know a bazillion things. I'm not thinking about a bazillion things all at once. It is worth the time and money in my experience, if you're willing to listen, to pay someone to say, hey, what about this thing? And you go, yeah, you know, I've thought about that for years. And they go, why aren't you doing it? You go, I don't know. I guess I'll do it right now. That's worth it. Can I clarify something? What? Everything that I should do, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that I need to do, Mm -hmm. I already fucking know, Pia. But then you need to do it. No, I have an emotional block. I do. I I know it. I get it. I get it. Do you understand? Listen to me. Mm -hmm. Pia. Mm -hmm. Let's clarify something. I know every single thing that I know to do to make myself successful based on the skill set that I have. There's not even a question. I just have an emotional block. And I don't know that there's anyone that can help me with that. It's a problem. It's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. But lots of people are in that position where they know what they need to do. They just don't do it. Right. So you're saying talk to somebody. I'm saying, I'm saying stop thinking that they have to know more. Look to them as the opportunity to challenge you to do the things you want to do. And I if you really need, I just need one person, one person. And that I've person tried to look a lot to you. of people. May I? I've Go tried ahead. to look to you for this, but I, I get it. I don't I understand. You you this is not in your lane. You don't have time. You have a a husband and a kid and a business. I've looked to you to do this, but at the end of the day, I'm looking for somebody that I can be accountable to. Because I am not accountable to anybody, including myself. And that's the problem. That's the reality. People pay people just to be accountable to them. Right. So here's the problem. I am mm-hmm. trying to find somebody that I can respect enough to when they say that's something, you go, I have to be accountable. It's not enough. about money. Well, then you need to give it, they need to give them something you care about so that it can actually be accountability for you. Well, you got to commit. Find another peer. So I need to find. 
You don't. It's not me. I tried to be you accountable to me, and you didn't do it. What? What are you talking about? What do you mean? We did. We. I. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Don't you dare. Do you remember at some point, maybe it was like a year ago or something, I said, fine, Brett, I'll tell you what to do. Here, here's your homework assignment. Go do this one thing. Wait, and you babe, never babe, babe, fucking babe. did it. Not tell me what to do. It's not, okay, I'll tell you what to do. Do you understand that does what, not- what, what is it? What is that it? That does not what is it though? accountability. What is it? I was- I wasn't saying tell you what to do like like you don't know. That's you and you I agreed. Said. I'm going to tell you but, what to yes, do, but, and you didn't do I it. Said, but there was the thing that you knew you knew you needed to do, and I said, okay, go do that thing. Send it to me next week. You never did it. You. It wasn't like you didn't want to do it. You were like, yes, you're right. right That's right. what so, I need to so do. Here, here's what I realized. I have this brain aneurysm that doesn't allow me to give a shit what anybody says to me. It's fucking crazy, dude. It's crazy. It's weird. <sighs> I know. You're in a I know. hell of your own making. I am as disappointed in myself as you are. Trust me. <laughs> oh, Pia. So crazy. All right. Let's wrap this up. I got to go make make them dinner. Make them dinner, boo-boo. Yo, I love you. I love this. this for, thanks for coming on and dropping wisdom left and right. Yeah, and bearing your what? soul. We'll see how yep. much of that it makes it in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll figure it out. Okay, talk to you soon. Okay, reach out. Yeah. If you want to talk, okay. Nice. Yep. You too. Me. To connect with Brett about working with him to transform into a powerful speaker that commands the attention of any room, email him at brett at thepersuasivelion.com. Brett's trademarked process, The Lost Languages, are not just tactics. I can tell you from personal experience, they literally transform your psychology and your physiology so that you are the absolute authority in any room. Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It's how you show up in your business that makes the difference. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. Taking inspiration from Brett today, think about your communication skills. What are you saying with your body language or the tone of your voice when you're speaking to a client, a family member, or a stranger? Notice how you do or don't make eye contact when you're at the grocery store. I've found that my whole physiology changes immediately just when I turn on the awareness before I even try to make changes. They say 90% of communication is nonverbal, so working on your nonverbal communication skills might just be your next step to showing your business who's boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Production assistance by Kristen Runvik. Creative direction by Steve Wasterval. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners.